Hey everyone, and you're listening to the Mind Over Matter podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the second episode. I'm so thrilled with the amount of people that have texted me or gave me really great feedback on my last episode. I didn't expect so many people to tune in, which is so amazing. Actually, I'm looking at my stats right now, and just a week and a half into the launch of the first episode, and we've had 75 people tune in, which is really amazing for me at least. (laughs) Today I'm really excited to have a vulnerable discussion with you and if you've given my last podcast a listen, you might see me trying to shift gears a little bit today. We're going to get a little personal, talk more specifically about mental health and if you're going through a rough time right now, I hope that this podcast will give you a little bit of a better outlook on your obstacles that you might be facing. So, for today, I'm actually asking you a question that might come to you a little more easily than maybe last episode's question. This one will also tie in really well into the topic we're going to talk about today. You'll actually hear my answers throughout the entire podcast, which is mainly what we're going to talk about today, um, if you've read from the title. But basically, I want to use this podcast to kind of give you a chance to change your outlook on how you see your obstacles, even if it's in a small way, and I think it'll make a really big difference. So let's see how it goes. My question for the episode today, and for you, is was there a time or when was the last time that you thought to yourself, why is this happening to me? Mm, Food for thought, isn't it? Because you probably have told yourself so many times, I know I have, I've told myself multiple times, uh, maybe multiple times in a day, where I've been like, this is so difficult. I don't know why this is happening to me. Why is the universe against me? And um, if you have thought this to yourself, you're not alone. I think about this all the time. Um, And I am really excited to share my thoughts with you on this one, just because I think this is such a relatable topic. And I think that we've all at one point thought about it. I've probably asked myself this question way too many times since the pandemic happened, and maybe you have too. I mean, we didn't see it coming, which is probably why our lives felt so turned upside down, and I remember all too well when we were shutting down, and I remember the day, March 13th, and um, it feels unlucky actually, but um, I remember hearing that schools were going to get shut down, employees were being told by their workplaces that you couldn't come in anymore, and I think it just became a lot more serious on that day. And I remember thinking to myself, this isn't going to last long. Like, I was I was more thrilled than I was... I was more thrilled than I was scared or worried. Um, and at that time, the least of my concern was going into a lockdown for a really, really long time. Because I thought it was just going to be for a couple a couple weeks. And, um, and for me, it was more like, a, oh my goodness, I'm finally going to be able to sleep in. So that was where most of my excitement came from because I wanted to stay at home and (laughs) now we're here and now I'm like, when can I get out? So, um, I guess they do say you need to be careful what you wish for, uh, but I think it's really easy to reflect on bad experiences after the matter. And of course, when you probably think about bad experiences later on, you will have a more positive outlook on something than you will when you were in the moment. Um, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And to be able to think really positively in the moment takes a lot of patience, takes a lot of practice. And that's definitely something I haven't mastered myself. But 
all I do when I'm in that moment is that I go crazy and I go into this panic mode where I really can't think straight and (laughs) clearly that hasn't taken me great places (laughs) with the story that I'm about to share with you today. But I share this story with you today to remind you that good things can come out of bad things. And when I share the story with you, I want you to continually also begin to think about a situation that you might be in right now or if you were in one that really affected you previously. And think about if you can or if you really feel drawn to some of the good things or some of the things that have come out which you didn't expect to and could be considered positive in a way. So, the October of 2016, I can remember this day as clear as blue sky. I was walking home from school with a friend to go to a library near my place and I simply planned I was going to go to the library. I was going to get some homework done like a good high school student would (laughs) and I remember it being a lovely day outside. It was October but in Canada, Octobers are very cold (laughs) and we were getting a little bit of a heat wave. I was wearing my favorite long sleeve top. If this is too much information for you, trust me, I remember this day really well. (laughs) And um, I'm going to add now in the hopes that I don't ruin the suspense of this whole story that I'm going to tell you about. But it was the time in 2016, October, where clowns were making an appearance in random places. And CNN had wrote an article and I I have it pulled up in front of me right now because (laughs) it gives me quite a bit of memories but um the CNN actually wrote an article titled creepy clown craze sweeps the globe and that was exactly four days before I was walking to school I was seeing it over the news I was seeing it everywhere people were talking about it um and it was quite a bit of a funny situation or an event for most of us and I wasn't really phased by it but anyway um now just to clarify though i'm not actually afraid of clowns and i never ever ever thought i would be afraid of clowns but fun fact i am now (laughs) so basically so away from a distance while walking home going back to my story while walking home i noticed that someone was charging towards me and my friend who appeared to be dressed oddly And he did look like he was dressed like a clown. And because I guess I was seeing so many of these events, it kind of struck me right away that, you know, this didn't look right. And I knew immediately that something was wrong and I was going to need help. So my friend beside me probably thought the same thing. We kind of looked at each other and immediately came to this, I guess, agreement that we needed to go to the nearest store that would be the safest option for continuing to walk. And while we made that split second decision to run because somebody was charging towards us and he was quite tall and the person in front of us who was charging towards us didn't obviously look like they wanted to be friends with us or anything was clearly looking really aggressive and upon me trying to run and me going in my panic mode my foot immediately got caught between the curb and the sidewalk and i immediately fell to the ground and i was in this really awkward position where my hand was twisted and tucked under my body so you can imagine all my body weight was kind of on my hand but at the moment i remember not feeling anything um and i was more concerned about the person that was actually running towards us and To my dismay, the man was actually even closer now, but he stopped the moment he set sights on my hand and my friend immediately let out a, 
absolutely piercing scream before I even got to register what my what even was happening. And in a split second, my forearm was split in two pieces. And it was kind of like one of those horror movies where you see the hand hanging and you do not, you're not exactly sure how it came to be. But anyway, it was really weird. And I actually, I can't say I remember what it looks like anymore because the trauma has erased it completely. But I do remember, I do remember a feeling and I do remember seeing the expression on my friend's face when she saw it because it was absolutely horrifying. And the perpetrator at that time had also seen my hand and he also was extremely surprised when he saw my hand shocked I would say and at that time he fled the scene and I got the help that I needed when I went back into the store but I was in complete pain and all I could really do was think about the fact that my hand was broken and it was loose it was just hanging and uh, I kind of had to hold it in place while I waited for the paramedics and the ambulance to arrive. So I can't say I remember the events after, to be honest, because I was in such a big state of adrenaline. And um, and that night he was charged with assault causing bodily harm. And um, I was taken in for emergency surgery that night, received two metal plates and screws in my arm once the surgeon noticed that it was actually an open wound compound fracture. So that was... That was the event that occurred that night and I wasn't really sure how to cope with the trouble after it happened. And maybe you have gone through that before. Something will happen and you will completely feel fine because your mind hasn't registered what has happened and you're not really sure how to cope with it either because you're you're in the state of shock and maybe you've even convinced yourself that you're fine. And that's kind of what it was for me. I was in a lot of pain while I was at the hospital. I was receiving high doses of morphine and my days at the hospital were completely blur. I just knew that I wasn't going to take a walk outside or I wasn't going to go out anywhere alone, anywhere near that place or even outside my house for that matter. So after that, I pretty much avoided going in all areas that I didn't need to. I don't even think, I think... I don't even think I looked behind me as often as I did before that incident because all I would do is check if the perpetrator was behind me and I still do this so often. I'm so hyper aware of my surroundings ever since that incident because I feel like I'm going to get chased. So anyway, um, after I was released from the hospital, I spent um, a week and a half at home. My grades were dropping more than ever I had ever thought before Um, and of course, with such an incident and it happens in high school, people are going to talk about it, people are going to laugh about it. Um, and of course, you tell your story and people are like, oh my god, that's funny. I laughed. I did laugh. And um, again, I wasn't really addressing the things that were going on in me just yet. And I have to give credit to a lot of my teachers who really supported me while I was going through that hard time. I felt like on one hand, I was healing through some kind of trauma And at the same time, I was just going through a really hard time trying to balance my school, my mental health again, and then just trying to get better, really. I have to give credit to a lot of my teachers who really supported me when I was going through that hard time or instance or incident. (laughs) Um, I felt like I was healing from one kind of trauma when another began. And that was a year later when we got a phone call from the police that stated that we actually needed to go to court and oh my parents were really furious 
with this whole incident and um, having to go to court and actually having to see him or the perpetrator was a whole different story. And so he actually did plead guilty and we did have to sort out the consequences for him and that's what the whole court date was about and we would discuss um, the consequences for him basically. And the date was set months ahead which gave me time to kind of mentally prepare for something like this. But even then, um, it was a very, very emotional situation for me to have to go to court and have to see him again. And not only that, but I would, I would just, I just didn't want to open that chapter again. And it felt like I had to open it. And it was definitely not the only time I had to. And I felt like I was opening it again and again and again. Kind of like you were visiting your trauma after the matter. So, I actually had to write a victim impact statement, which is basically, if you have never heard of one, it's basically where you write to the judge how the incident has affected you and how you felt, how you still feel, and you just explain kind of the extent to which you have been impacted, essentially. My family and I decided that we didn't want to sue him and we wanted to move on with our lives. Like I mentioned, when you are victimized once, you just fail to be victimized again and again because that's how it really feels when you have to explain the incident again and go after court dates and it's a lot. It's quite a bit and we made that decision that we didn't want to sue him. There was too much going on also viscerally for my family to be able to be dealing with such an incident on top of this and so I figured that it was easier for me to forgive, which by the way, it was in no means easy. I'm not saying that it was easy for me to forgive him, but it was already really hard dealing with this situation. So, I remember sitting down one morning, um, seven o'clock in the morning, and I sat down and five pages later and 12 hours later, I came up with a product that I was satisfied with. So in many ways, for me, it felt like I was kind of reliving that pain to kind of, again, write out um, the incident and having to write out how I felt. It was really grueling. So anyway, the first court date had come around and getting out of bed that day was really difficult for me. Um, I didn't want to go, I didn't want to show up, and the car ride there was so excruciating. Not only did I not want to see him, but I was really afraid that he was going to say or do something that could potentially hurt me again, or just something that I wouldn't expect, and that was really my fear. I knew that he wasn't going to, but I just kept thinking about it, and it just, it gave me, now that I think about it, really, it just gives me a good indication that there was a lot of quote-unquote hurt that I didn't get around to dealing with. And at that point, putting my mind over matter was also way above my head, which is what I mean, right? Like, it's hard to stay positive and to stay cool when you're going in the thick of it. And at this point, going to a court date for me was much more difficult and much more grueling to put my mind over this matter. And when we arrived in court, everything was set in place. I got the instructions from my lawyer, how it was going to work, the um, things that I would have to say, the answers that I would have to give to the judge in case I was asked about anything. And again, there was a lot of pent-up anxiety and I really just wanted to go home. And when we were finally settled down, we received everything. We were just sitting in the chairs that we were designated to sit in. The judge arrived and my case was called finally to be discussed on. Except <laughs> he was missing. Like, he did not show up. 
and that was pretty much the moment where I had it like up to there and I remember thinking to myself I was very angry again when you don't deal with the hurt the hurt comes to you again and again and again so um I was not only upset but I was thinking to myself how dare you how can you have the guts to do something like this there's no respect for me no respect for my time I gave up so, so many hours. Apart from the 12 hours, I actually gave up much, much more of my time along with my family to put together documents, to call the police, to gather any other evidence I would need, gathering doctor's reports, etc. It was, it was frustrating and not to mention the amount of time I spent in the hospital, the physiotherapy, the money, um, missing school for my fracture clinic appointments. Like, it, the list can really go on. <laughs> so I was, I was angry and I was just, I was just so upset. And all of a sudden that anxiety and the hurt that I had pent up turned into frustration and anger. And all I could think about is like, why, you know, why is this happening to me? And we didn't really get to wrap everything up that day. Um, actually a new court date was set. I had to go home empty handed with no result and um I chose to go to school that day because I didn't want to miss another day in high school this is in high school but I didn't want to miss another day um I went to class and I forced myself to go even though I wasn't ready again I wasn't dealing with my hurt and I was pushing the matter and I was giving so much more importance to the matter than I was giving to my mind and as a result I wasn't able to hold it in that day. I remember finding an empty hall in school that day and needing to explode <laughs> and let out all that pent up energy, like all of it. And I was sent home by a teacher who noticed that I wasn't feeling great and um, just took that and, and I was just encouraged to take that time off. And in that moment, when I sat in that hallway and when I sat down, so frustrated, so angry, in tears, I was like to myself, why is this happening to me? Like, why me of all people? Like, I was just trying to go to the library to get my own damn work done. Why is this happening to me? And I can see, I can see that, I can feel my emotions so vividly right now because I, I was just so angry. And in my victim impact statement that I had prepared for that day, I had included a quote by Mahatma Gandhi. And it was, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. It was a quote about forgiveness, <laughs> forgiving him. And he didn't show up. And that was also what was really biting me. So you can imagine the rage that I felt then. And it wasn't an easy choice to forgive him, but it really in that moment made me question why I chose to forgive him in the first place when he didn't even show up. In that moment, again, being strong was the last option for me. It was the last thing I wanted. And the court date was moved about a few months later and I was doing a little bit better a week later when a teacher from my middle school came to support me and he wrote me a really, really extensive letter about dealing with hurt and really addressing mental health and addressing your emotions when you go through something like this. He actually sent me a quote that day in the letter that he wrote to me and it's by Paulo Coelho. I thought I would read it because I think that letter, that letter really changed the way that I looked at my situation. Um, and this quote is truly amazing so I'm just going to read it out loud now. There are moments when troubles will enter our lives 
and we can do nothing to avoid them. But they are there for a reason. Only when we have overcome them, we will understand why they were there. That was... (laughs) It's a good one, isn't it? That was kind of the turning point for me where I had I had kind of realized that maybe there was something better in store for me and maybe that there was a reason why this happened. But in that moment, again, I was really fighting myself. I was like, why would why is there a reason that this would happen, you know? But anyway, I was also really lucky to get support from my high school. I joined a girls group which kind of talked about mental health. It was for girls who wanted to share a story that they had and kind of just talk through and get a ton of support from other girls. And that really profoundly affected my mental health and confidence. And so the next court date arrived. I said my victim impact statement that day in court. He ended up being present and I wanted to just read off some things to give you a better idea of kind of what I'm talking about. In my victim impact statement, I wrote, I never thought I would be faced with such a tragic incident in my life. In such a short amount of time, it seemed like my life changed so quickly and I was forced to adapt to it because I had no other choice. Some nights I wake up sweating from my nightmares relating to this occurrence. I had nightmares about getting attacked again, getting hurt again, and feeling the same pain over and over again. And for me, that's just a little bit of a short snippet of what I wrote. But I tell you this story not because I want you to pity me or because I want to share something that might seem small and make it seem like a really, really big deal and oh my god, it affected me. Yes, it did affect me, but I want to tell you this story because it was hard for me to see anything good come out of this incident. It was hard for me to see good, see a silver lining, see the positive aspects when I was going through such a difficult time. And it was hard. It was difficult. It was bad. It was frustrating. That quote that I read to you from my middle school teacher might seem like roses and flowers if you if you want to think about it that way. But when incidents really happen to you and when bad experiences really happen to you, you really have to ask yourself, You have to ask yourself if you want to grow stronger from these bad experiences. You can grow from bad situations and hurdles and obstacles if you dare to, if you have enough courage to see the silver lining. And it's not because you're naive or foolish or you're someone that settles for less or chooses to see roses, as I mentioned, but because you choose to see more than what's in front of you. In court, the perpetrator that day had written three sentences to me to apologize for his actions. So after you spend so much time agonizing over all that you've been through, hours you spend constructing a victim impact statement, money you spend on medical treatment, time you spend in physiotherapy, you get an apology that seems so generic. And there will be times where you're going to be wronged, where you didn't get an apology that you deserved. Maybe the quality of the apology you deserved. Maybe even an apology that you never got. And those are the times you need to tell yourself to let go. I'm not sure how many of you might have read Chanel Miller's book. Her book is called Know My Name. I would hate to put it in a way to title her or label her as a sexual assault victim, but she is such a talented poet, a writer, and an expressionist who has this impeccable ability to express herself, but she also gives power to other women who are searching for their voices who have undergone sexual assault. Um, But I, after reading her book, was, I felt like I had related 
in a huge way to her experience with the criminal justice system and um, the way that she had experienced the bad and how she managed to still find some sort of a light even though it was really hard to. And she writes in her book, in the last couple of pages, she says, Do not become the ones who hurt you. Stay tender with your power. Never fight to injure, fight to uplift. Fight because you know in this life you deserve safety, joy, and freedom. My silver lining wasn't apparent a year later after the incident. And sometimes finding your silver lining or finding your good or your why might take time for things to happen. So when you ask yourself, why is this happening to me? It's going to take time and it's going to take a really... You're going to have to search really hard for your why. But I just want to let you know that it is out there and you have to find the courage to do so. Some of my whys that emerged from this incident, I thought I would share them with you because I asked myself the question that I had posed to you um, at the beginning of the episode. And I had asked myself this multiple times. My why kind of looked like becoming more grateful and I truly adopted the idea of gratitude after the deprivation of not having a functional hand and being afraid to walk out of the door because I was afraid of being attacked and I was so thankful for the medical care that I had received, the justice that I had received. I just felt really lucky and grateful that uh, I had access to these amenities and I had access to the basic needs that I overlooked really often. So um, I think that that may be something that I, to this day, still think about really often and I write gratitudes every day out of my journal. Um, And maybe gratitude is something you experience with the pandemic. I mean, hey, um, wearing a mask, hello, like breathing just became so much more beautiful (laughs) after we started wearing masks. So maybe that was your silver lining for you, you know? And I think just playing with the idea of gratitude can bring out so much, so much appreciation for the little things in life. My second why was that I became mentally stronger. And I mentioned this quite a few times in my story that I had shared with you. I kind of pushed my emotions back a lot. I didn't address them and I wish that I had addressed them a lot better. But after that incident, I've learned to not push my emotions aside and to learn that they're a part of me um, and to understand that they're just as important as my physical recovery. And the third and um, I would say semi-final why that came about was that this incident, as terrible as it was, allowed me to meet people I never thought I would meet and it opened doors for me that I never thought I would go through. One of my mentors, um, who was a teacher at my school, she actually um, opened my eyes to leadership and she opened my eyes to leading in my high school and that changed the course of my high school but also just changed the course of my life. She gave me a bigger purpose and after that I was attending a lot more leadership conferences and I learned the art of empowering I would say through her and um, a lot of the credit for my why goes to her and most importantly one really big thing that I would highlight as a part of this episode is that the biggest 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 lesson I learned from this entire incident is that you never ever 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 I never want to consider myself a victim again I asked myself why I was being repeatedly victimized and why bad stuff was happening to me maybe you're asking yourself why bad things are happening to you but the problem with this is that when you consider yourself a victim you give your power away to someone else you give away what is yours to somebody else. 
By letting go of something that wasn't serving me, I was taking my power back. And that was the biggest lesson I learned. Tying back to the question that I was aiming at earlier. This is something you have to learn to let go and it's something that you have to work through and work with. Your weights are heavy. Let them down and you can see the good if you dare to. There's so much learning I think that comes from these bad instances or these bad hurdles that we face. And sometimes um, letting go of the label bad can also be one of the greatest ways that we can kind of let go. So, I hope that this episode reminded you of a time that you showed resilience in the same way that I did. And if you have, I'm so proud of you. If you're going through a circumstance right now that's challenging you, and maybe you are feeling challenged, challenge it back. Take your power back. Don't consider yourself a victim. Stop asking yourself a question that only you have the power to control. And finally, if there is one tip that I can give from all of this too. And again, I want to leave you with a very tangible tip. If you're going through a rough time right now, don't be afraid to ask for help. I got through a really challenging instance in my life as I shared through talking with the girls group that I joined, a trusted adult, a teacher, a friend, a mentor, whoever it is. You heal when you ask for help and you aren't alone. So in the show notes, I will link some resources for you if you feel like you want to talk to someone and you're not exactly sure where to begin. But with that being said, thank you for listening. Oh my goodness, that was a very vulnerable story, but I I hope that um, you found a little bit of value in it and I hope that I reminded you of a time that you were resilient. I encourage you to think about this question. So yeah, I want to know your thoughts. If something resonated with you, please let me know. You can send me a DM on Instagram or an email, thewellevated at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Let me know a time where you showed resilience. I want to hear it. So I hope that helped you. Until the next episode, see you soon.